All right, welcome to it. Employment Law Show. John Scholes here along with partner John Pincus, Sam Firu, Tamark, and LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this wonderful country of ours. How about that? And uh, we'll be taking your calls today, of course, and talking about various subjects. The big one is uh, revisiting the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Those are always a beauty. You should know all these, so stick around for that. If we've got time, we'll get into some workplace harassment uh, chat and maybe a few emails as well. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And anytime you want to reach out to John and his team, simple. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You also have the option of the excellent website called PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. Tons of information, lots to be learned there, and rolled into that, the good old trusty severance pay calculator. You want to know what you're owed any time, especially in these times? Go there. It takes about thirty seconds to type in some info, and you'll have a uh, pretty decent number, a surprising number, I would imagine, of what you were owed if you were ever let go. So we'll uh, get to that later on too. But we always start with the week that was, my brother. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. As you can imagine, it is still crazy, crazy busy yep. in the in the world of employment law. Uh, lots going on, layoffs, mandatory vaccinations, and uh, a whole bunch of other uh, issues. And since we're uh, typically preoccupied with talking about vaccination issues and uh, other COVID-related issues, I try and uh, give some stories that relate to you know some of the more uh, regular, uh, typical uh, employment law issues. But of course, we're happy to talk about anything uh covid related uh, in the workplace yep. on this show as well but just to start with the first situation uh this involved a gentleman who worked for a consulting and human resources firm for 21 years as a manager and recently the company was acquired by a large conglomerate uh, through an asset purchase and at this time this person was issued a letter and told that eight weeks from now they should expect to be contacted by this new company the company that was purchasing them that had acquired them and who was expected to offer them all their jobs so he says okay i guess it's going to be business as usual right. four weeks go by here's nothing five weeks nothing six weeks seven weeks eight weeks radio silence uh, then he's issued his final check by his old company the one that sold the company he said thank you very much have a good life uh, see you later so he emails the owner of the old company and says well, well hang on a second the new company did not offer me a new job i don't have my job with you anymore so, so what am i supposed to do and the answer he gets is well no you're no longer our employee you're no longer our problem go to the uh, go to the purchaser then and they'll they'll take care of you right. and so that's the point that he came to me and you know, fortunately for this individual and unfortunately uh, for his old company, he was their problem. Uh, the company had terminated his employment. He did not have a new one to go to. He did not have a new offer. Uh, and and uh, if the new company had offered him a comparable job and he'd said no, that would be a very, very different story because generally speaking, if you're offered a new job by the purchasing company after an asset sale and you say no, uh, you can't go back to your old company and demand your full severance. But in this case, the company was sold. Uh, he did not receive a job offer from the new company, and therefore he is going to be owed his full severance mm -hmm. up to 20 to 24 months pay. Wow. So this is going to be a significant entitlement well into the six figures. And, you know, my goodness, is he glad that he contacted us because, you know, what a terrible situation to be in. And a lot of time, you know, in fairness to employers, a lot of them are simply confused about their obligations in this situation. They think, well, I'm selling the company, so all the employees are the responsible responsibility of the new company and that's just uh, not the way that it works generally speaking so just to reiterate who in that situation if there's any confusion who would pay that severance the old company or the new company 
So in this particular case, it would be the old company. Now there are some some special rules in certain cases when it comes to building service providers, and you know that we we, we could probably do a very boring show uh, about <laughs> that. So there's always going to be, like always, there's always going to be uh, exceptions to the rule. But generally speaking, uh, if there is an asset uh, purchase sale, not a share sale, a share sale doesn't change anything, right? You're, you're basically business as usual. But when the assets of the company are sold uh, and a new company takes over, the, the real question here is, is the new company going to offer you uh, a comparable job to your old one? And if the answer is no, then you can go and you can pursue your old company for your full severance. Again, one 855 Any time to reach out to John and help out. EmploymentLawyer.ca. What else you got going on? Well, th- this one's a saga. Are you ready for a saga, oh, John? Love this, it. Always in the mood. Is it? This this one goes back a few years, um, and this was a person uh, who worked for a mid-sized technology company as its VP of marketing since 2008. Uh, so about three years ago, in mid 2018, uh, he, along with everyone else at the company. Uh, for the owners, uh, was given an employment agreement to sign and offered $500 to sign it. Now, he very wisely decided that he was going to have it reviewed by an employment lawyer and ended up coming to me. So I reviewed the employment agreement for him, and there were a few red flags, to say the least. Uh, For one thing, unsurprisingly, it included the minimum employment uh, standards termination clause. So right there, here was someone with 10 years service being asked to accept a fraction of his severance entitlements if he was terminated without cause. And it got worse because the employees were also told they had to sign off on a 12-month non-competition clause, uh, which was very broad in scope, covering all technology companies in North America. So this is this is a pretty serious uh, request. Um, and this was accompanied by a 12-month non-solicitation clause as well. So I said to him, you know, candidly, if I were you, I'm not sure I'd be inclined to sign this. Now he said, well, I think if I don't sign this, they're going to fire me. And of course that's possible. But what I told them is at least if they fire you now, you'll have no restrictions on your ability to compete and you will get your full severance. And the other thing I told him, this is really important to think about when you're given these new contracts, uh, is they are asking you to sign this because they are planning on relying on it. So they're contemplating terminating your employment potentially at some point. Maybe not, but they could terminate your employment a week, a month, a year after that, and there's not going to be anything you can do about it. So he tells the company, you know, he thinks about it very carefully, and he says, you know what? The lesser of two evils here, if I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my job, but I'm not going to be tied to this contract. So he says, thanks, but no thanks. I won't Mm. be signing. Well, sure enough, shortly afterwards, they fired him (laughs) without cause. And we ended up negotiating a very generous severance package for him about uh, and about, you know, eight months later, you know, it was a tough job search, but he was back on his feet. And the good thing is he had not signed that competition clause. And, and the reason this was so important, because he ended up working for a direct competitor. Well, flash forward about three years ahead. And this past week, he calls me, he says, John, I'm so glad. I said no to that offer. You know what just happened? A whole group of people, about eight or nine people just got laid off. They've been wow. offered terrible severance packages. The lawyer says there can be nothing, there's nothing they can do about it because the termination clauses they signed. And now they're begging the company to let them off the hook on the non-competes they signed. You know, in right. retrospect, I didn't see it at the time, but you know, I really dodged a bullet. So, you know, what's the lesson here? Now, 
you should absolutely have a severance package reviewed, even if you have a termination clause, because there's always the chance um, that, and in fact, a very good chance that we'll be able to get around it. In fact, I'd say probably 90% of them are unenforceable. This one was, but 90% of them are unenforceable. So you should always speak with an employment lawyer at the time of termination. But ideally, speak with an employment lawyer before you sign an agreement, especially if it's being right. given to you midway through employment. We're probably not going to see a whole lot of non-competes going forward because of Bill 27, but there's still going to be a lot of other red flags you need to watch out for. Just uh, for those who didn't catch the show earlier in the week, give us uh, some ba- an overview of Bill 27. What's that about? So Bill 27 is the Workers uh, Working for Workers Act, and that mm-hmm. has um, a number of provisions. There's some uh, provisions on the right to disconnect. Uh, it's yet to be seen whether that's going to actually have any teeth to it. It, 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 it may very well not. Uh, what's probably more significant is that um, uh, if it goes into law, you're going to see the prohibition of non-compete clauses. So basically a non-compete clause is going to be dead in the water the moment it's drafted, which is a really positive thing uh, for mobility, for employees. It's uh, you know it's a, a positive thing uh, for people to be able to move around and for companies to be able to recruit people actually. So there is, there is a benefit to both employees and employers. Um, so it is a, you know, in my opinion, and I think it's a, it's a sensible change uh, with uh, these uh, non-compete clauses. And so we're probably not going to be talking about non-compete clauses uh, very much longer in the show, which makes me a little bit sad because it's uh, it's always an interesting topic and a little bit of a hobby mm-hmm. horse of mine. Uh, but uh, you know, in all seriousness, this is probably going to be uh, a positive development for both employees and employers. So uh, there you have it. Stay tuned for when that goes into law uh, because that's going to be a big change. Yeah, we'll just have to step up the chat on uh, you know non-solicitation agreements, which are enforceable and could be a pain in the rump as well, but that's, uh, that's yet to be seen you got in future it. shows for sure. Uh, yeah. Again, revisiting the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. We'll get to that after a short wee little break. So we'll get into that first and uh, get right back to it. You have email questions as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and reach John anytime, of course, one 821 5900 We'll continue. Employment Law Show. And uh, right back at Employment Law Show, John Pincus, partner, Sam Firu, Tim Mark, and LLP. Reach out, get a hold of, have a chat, and get the compensation you deserve. They have helped thousands of people across this country do exactly that. So don't hesitate. Don't be bashful. Uh, pick up a phone. At least get some information and educate. Do your uh, due diligence for your own sake, right? one 821 5900 That's how you call outside the hour of the show. And email help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Do that. Go there. Even before you give John and his team a call for sure. Okay, here we go. Let's get into this. The Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Number one, thou shalt think about termination when accepting a new job. People are thinking, okay, that sounds a little uh, half, you know, glass half empty. Why the hell would I do that? But you need to, correct? Why? You you absolutely need to. And, you know, the example that I just gave was something midway through employment, which is one right. thing. But at the beginning of employment, it's it's uh, equally important. The big thing that you want to watch out for is termination clauses, right? You're seeing a lot of that. Another thing that I think you're going to start seeing a lot more often is temporary layoff clauses uh, because uh, COVID has really brought that to the forefront. A lot of employers are now starting to think, hi, huh, you know what? If I had a temporary layoff clause, I could have uh, uh, put this employee in limbo for, uh, well, almost two years now, and I wouldn't have faced a lawsuit. And that's true. Uh, So employers are uh, 
very understandably and very uh, thinking about these clauses. But as an employee, uh, you have to decide whether you're willing to agree to that. Are you willing uh, to be basically uh, in limbo for potentially eight months at a time? So that's a big one. Non-competition clauses are ones that, that we always look for, although, again, uh, that may soon become uh, something that's a little bit of a moot point and something you'll see a lot less often. But non-solicitation clauses, right? Depending on your job, if you're in a sales job, a non-solicitation clause may severely limit where you're able uh, to work. And, you know, a lot of people are uh, reticent to bring these things up, reticent to negotiate mm-hmm. them. And you may not have the ability to negotiate it. You may not have the leverage. So you, you may just be a matter of considering other opportunities. But if you are concerned about these things, don't be shy about bringing them up because remember, they're the ones that raised it in the first place. And this is supposed to be, you know, in theory, it's supposed to be an agreement, not just, you know, an <laughs> iTunes agreement, although that's oh. typically what it ends up being. It's um, it's it's interesting, too, because uh, you can a, try to negotiate these things. As you said, you shouldn't be scared to do so. And what people will often do, and we've talked about for years on the show, they'll get that employment agreement. They'll fast forward right to, okay, my salary, check. Okay, how many weeks holidays do we got? Check. Okay, I got some benefits, dental, eyeglasses. Okay, we're good to go. Sign away. And as we've said so many times on this show, this stuff like you're talking about non-competes, you know, employment restrictions, uh, the chance to, the, the, the capability for them allow you to put on a temporary layoff through a contract. I mean, these things could bite you in the rear end and cost you tens of thousands of dollars years down the road if and when it comes time that you part ways with this, uh, this soon-to-be new employer, right? That's absolutely right. And, you know, I also should add that in a lot of cases, particularly in cases with um, higher level employees or people who are being recruited from other companies, I have seen people negotiate these clauses. I've seen people negotiate non-competes out. I've seen people negotiate fair severance clauses. There is a way to do this. So don't write it off. It's often not possible, but sometimes it is. Well, and I think to your point, I mean, if you just applied for a job with a hundred other people and fifty you got hired to be a you know a barista or something, yeah, you probably don't have a lot of negotiating power. But if you've gone through one, two, three interviews and you're down to the the final person or the person, and by this time they've put some time and effort into choosing you, so you should have a little bit more sway as far as what goes into that uh, that employment agreement as well, right? I, I, I think so. Although, John, I don't know. In these days, I think the barista labor market may be a seller's market. So I don't know. Oh I think God. baristas may be in a position to negotiate too. Don't write them off, John. Oh, I love my barista. <laughs> love my, my barista keeps me alive. Uh, revisiting right. the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. Number two is this. Thou shall give up your future termination rights after you start working. Right. Thou shall not give up your future yeah, termination rights it. after you start working. Because uh, again, this is, this is right on point with that example that I gave, right? If you, if you're given an agreement, uh, you may, you may look at it and you may say, oh, okay, uh, $500. Yeah, I could use a, you know, oh, I'll buy a nice Christmas present for my kids. Well, uh, that is not going to be worth uh, <laughs> uh, the price that you're going to pay it later. So really think about that carefully. Think about what is in that agreement and you it it may not be a bad agreement it may be something that you're comfortable with it may not actually change uh the terms uh in a material way but chances are if they're giving you something uh if they're giving you some kind of you know prize some kind of lump sum payment the devils are probably devil's probably in the details get it reviewed by an employment lawyer at least understand what it is you're being asked to sign uh, number two, uh, three, rather, thou shall respond to any negative reviews or discipline. People often forget to do that as well. They just accept it, right? 
Right. I mean, look, it's it, it's one thing if your employer is just giving you regular feedback and, you know, this is not to say that you should be uh, uh, combative and leading the crusade every time you get constructive feedback. But <laughs> if you're getting something that's called a performance improvement plan, uh, sometimes they're called performance management plans, so PIPs or PMPs, you right. have to think about what what, why are they giving this to you? Well, they're giving it to you because they are planning on using it later. What are they going to rely on that later? They're going to rely on that later to say that they don't have to pay you severance. So you have to think about responding to it and consider your response. And I don't want to make people anxious, but consider your response as something that could, that will eventually be before uh, the company's lawyer, a mediator, uh, an arbitrator, potentially even a judge. So you have to think about what you're saying. Be always be polite, be civil, but be assertive. You know, if someone is saying something that is false, that's unfair, that's lacking context, then you should be politely pointing out where uh, that is unfair and do it in writing. Send it by email. Be specific. If there's something they're saying that, you know, is a legitimate concern, talk about how you're going to improve it. Uh, but definitely don't sit quietly if that's happening to you. Yeah, and I guess, uh, you know, it, it works the other way around as well. People, if they send something off to their employer, whether it's a letter concerning something or, or of that nature, if they don't reply, that's taken as acceptance as well, right? It can be. Certainly, that's what the company's going to suggest. So you don't want to be in that boat. Uh, definitely uh, put something out there that's going to protect you later. And uh, we'll continue on here a break shortly, but uh, we'll keep going on with the uh, the Ten Commandments of Termination of Employment. And uh, number four seems kind of obvious that we should put this on this list, like, duh, but I'll, I'll put it out there anyway for you because I'm sure you got a comment on it, uh, John. That is, thou shall not commit serious workplace misconduct. Yes, my goodness, this this uh, you know this would actually be number one, and I know it seems tried, I know it seems obvious, and uh, you know this is this is not to be insulting, but you really have to think about um, what's the lesser of two evils here. I mean, and, and I re this this often comes down to dishonesty, right? Sometimes uh, you may be accused of doing something wrong in the workplace, and yeah, you know people make mistakes. But the worst thing that you can do in response to that is lie about it uh, because the courts are very, uh, very unsympathetic uh, to employees who lie. So if you've had something happen in the workplace um, and, you know, you've, you've you've made a mistake or perhaps you said something to someone that wasn't terribly appropriate, uh, then own up to it. Uh, you know, it may not be fun. You may be worried. But if you're let go because you made a mistake or because you had one act of misjudgment, but you admitted to it, uh, you expressed, uh, you know, contrition for it, um, and then you're fired and your employer alleges just cause, that's going to be a lot easier for me as an employment lawyer to deal with than if you were confronted about it and you lied about it. So that that's the one I focus on. You know, a lot of these are, are obvious, you know, don't steal, don't commit fraud, don't, you know, don't be violent in the workplace, don't be, uh, you know, intoxicated in, in, in the workplace, uh, because these things, if they're sufficiently serious degree, can be just cause for dismissal. Not always, but they can be. Uh, but the big one that I really want to focus people, that I really want in any employee who's listening to this, who might be in a situation where they feel like they're in hot water with their mm -hmm. employer, be honest about it. Own up to it. You're not going to get away with it. Um, the truth is going to come out. 
if you're let go after you were honest, even if he did something wrong, don't be shy about coming to me because that's that's where we can help. We can help you. If you've been honest, we can help you. And uh, that number, by the way, any time to reach John and his crew, here's, uh, here's how you do it. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. There's also the option of pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can reach out through there. And there's all kinds of handy tools that uh, kind of pertain to what we're talking about on this uh, this um, uh, list of Ten Commandments uh, of Termination of Employment. A lot of these will double back to that website. You can check them out and learn even more. Next one is this. Thou shall always keep copies of all relevant documents. Write it down and keep it, right? That's right. Write it down. So performance reviews, employment agreements, bonuses, pay slips, um, overtime, uh, anything that, uh, th- that uh, any of these things that might be significant uh, later on are important to keep. And you know what? I'm going to add something to this list that we don't often mm-hmm. talk about, John, but it's really important, uh, that you're not only uh, keeping the documents during your employment, but also the ones if your employment ends. You know, okay. some people, uh, you know, it's, it's usually a good idea to, to get in contact with this as soon as you are let go but some people want to just wait it out and see how things go which is fine right you have two years from your date of notice of termination uh, to bring uh, to, to bring a claim and pursue your severance entitlement so as long as you haven't gone beyond the two years from the date of your notice of termination you're fine but what some people do is they will um, they will wait um, okay. They'll be looking for a job, and they won't keep any of the records of what they did when they looked for a job, the emails they sent out, uh, the responses they got back. And that's a really critical thing to have in your back pocket when you when you come to me. So if you're deciding that you're one of those people who don't want to come to us right when you're let go, that's definitely the best best way to do this in 9 out of yeah. 10 cases. You definitely want to speak with an employment lawyer as soon as possible. But if you're not going to do that, at least please, please, please make sure you keep track of all applications uh, that uh, you've sent out because that is going to be relevant when we go to pursue your severance entitlements later if we have to do that. We'll take a short break. And by the way, just to phone John and have a chat, they don't charge you for that. So if that's what you're holding back for, just pick up the phone and open a conversation with them. one 821 5900 That's to reach John and his team at the firm outside this uh, this hour of the show. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll bounce over to an email when we come back and continue with our uh, revisiting the 10 commandments of termination of employment. That is all on the way. Employment Law Show. Okay, back at it. John Pincus here, partner, Sam Firu, Tamarkin, LLP, answering all of your questions through emails and giving out the information, the topical stuff on the show today. Reaching out to John is really simple. You can go to uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address, the phone number to reach him at the firm and talk to his team. No obligation there. Just have a chat, one 821 5900 And if you go to simplyemploymentlawyer.ca, hit the media tab. You'll see a drop down there, and you can uh, enjoy and look back at past episodes of the Employment Law Show on TV as well. 30-minute taste of what we do here for almost an hour on radio, so you can have a have a look at that again. Employmentlawyer.ca, and I want to get to an email before we get back to our uh, Ten Commandments of Employment, and it'll be Lorna. Uh, Lorna writes and says, "Hey guys, I work at a hospital in a non-unionized position. My employer has mandated vaccines, even though the provincial government hasn't made it mandatory. Is this legal?" 
Right. So, you know, this is very interesting for people who are working in hospital environments in Ontario uh, because the government has made a very deliberate decision not to require vaccination in those settings. Now, notwithstanding that, we still see a lot of the hospital settings, most of them, uh, imposing that uh, as a term of a new term of employment and uh, imposing discipline and uh, most likely termination or suspension uh, for those who don't comply with it. And those people absolutely should be contacting employment lawyers and looking into uh, pursuing severance if that's mm -hmm. the position that they've been uh, placed in. So Lorna, in your position, uh, I would say that no, it's not legal. As a practical matter, you certainly can't stop the hospital from doing it. Uh, but as a non-unionized employee, um, and again, very important, this, is, this only, of course, applies to the non-unionized employees. Yes. A lot of these hospital workers are unionized and their only recourse is to go to their union. Yep. But if you're, you know, given Lorna that you are a non-unionized position, absolutely contact us because uh, this is a situation where we should be pursuing severance for you. Back to the Ten Commandments of Employment. Number five, just to go back for a moment, was thou shalt uh, always keep copies of all relevant documents. Well, number six, kind of uh, related to that, says thou shalt keep records of important events as well. Describe the difference, Bill. What, right. Well, this is this is almost kind of a subset of that. This is right. something uh, very important. If you are, um, on the one hand, if you're being uh, abused by your employer, or uh, in particular, if you're being accused of abusing someone uh, at work. Uh, if subject of abuse uh, in the workplace, you want to make sure that you complain by email. Uh, send it to your the the human resources manager, uh, your direct supervisor, your manager. If it's a smaller company, it may just be the owner. Uh, remember that. Um, the emails that you send in this regard might be scrutinized later. So, uh, if you this is uh, you shouldn't be writing these emails when you're upset, uh, when you're uh, you know when you're feeling. Um, uh, you know, exhausted or, you know, after you've had a drink, that that's not a good time. <laughs> it's not a good time to send these emails. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe write up a first draft, save it, come back to it. Look at um, it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and take a deep breath and send it again. Because again, these are going to be scrutinized later, but definitely um, if you're being blamed for something you didn't do, uh, if you are being abused in the workplace then put it in writing and send it off. Um, you know, another thing that, that uh, I always say, say is if uh, if you're pregnant um, then uh, disclose it disclose it by email because uh, often what happens I've seen this happen many times is the employer will will uh, let this person go after finding out they're pregnant and say well no we had no idea or no this had nothing to do right. uh, with the pregnancy and it's very rare for an employee to actually put that in writing but I mean why not right just even if you had a verbal conversation say do hey both. as discussed mm -hmm. yeah do both hey as discussed you know just to confirm uh, I'm planning on starting the pregnancy leave on this date and I'm going to take a parental leave thereafter. I'm going to come back on X date, right? Put right. it in writing. You'll thank yourself later. Ten Commandments of Termination. We're getting through this list and number seven is this. Uh, thou shall not get advice, legal advice, employment advice from your neighbor, Steve. Steve, you know, Steve always seems to get a beat down on this show. I don't know why, but it's always Steve. So let's not go to Steve. What do you say about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Poor Steve. Poor Steve. Or, or Bob Steve. or Brad or John yeah. or uh, whoever. Yeah. And, um, unless it's me, John. If it's if, 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 uh, Good call. if I'm your neighbor. If you happen to find yourself a neighbor to me, you can get your advice from neighbor John. Sure. But again, uh, only someone who's an employment lawyer. And, you know, the, the, 
actually the worst uh, the worst offender is not your neighbor steve the worst offender is uh your good friend mr google uh oh. mr google is not a place uh to get legal advice now uh we have resources that uh pocket employment lawyer and severance pay calculator that are a very very good place mm -hmm. to start uh, sure. and to get a sense of your entitlements but ultimately you have to speak with an employment lawyer before you make any legal decisions you have to speak with an employment lawyer because you might make a mistake that you can't undo later the one of the big ones is quitting your job uh thinking you have a case for constructive dismissal when you might not and that might oops. be a resignation you have yeah. big oops there right uh taking an action at work that actually uh, causes your employer to have cause to terminate your employment uh, or the biggest one of all signing a contract contract uh, that uh, is going to diminish your rights significantly or prevent you from being able to find work when you when you're let go go to a lawyer and not just any lawyer go to an employment lawyer right That's i always right. say if you have a heart problem you don't go to a dentist uh if you have a foot problem uh you don't go to your uh, you don't go to a neurologist go to the to the lawyer uh that has expertise in employment law that deals with these issues every day and reaching out, by the way, is help at employmentlawyer.ca, 1-855-821-5900. Okay. Commandment number eight, thou shall assume that your severance offer is inadequate. No kidding. Yeah. And, and you know what? There, there, there is a very good reason and that uh, severance packages are inadequate because uh, – they want you to sign something that's lower than your entitlements, and, it, and particularly if they're laying off multiple people at the same time, uh, the company is going to hope uh, that uh, you know that at least some people are going to accept uh, mm -hmm. something lower because that's just economical for them. I mean, you, you think, for example, how an insurance company operates, right? An insurance company gives everyone coverage in the hopes that no one will use it or that very few people will will use right. it. So it's it's kind of a similar uh, dynamic here right and if if uh, you know nine out of ten people don't use their insurance coverage then the insurance company collects the premiums and they're profitable uh, if a company uh, sends out ten severance packages gives uh, 10 people their minimum entitlements and even three people accept that, well, they've saved tens of thousands of dollars on each one of those. So there is a reason your severance package is inadequate. Your employer is going to often suggest to you that those severance packages are generous, but don't assume that. Go on the severance pay calculator or better yet, give us a call, speak to us, and let's think about what your, an adequate severance package would look like. And you know, generally speaking, of course, calling you calling you would be the uh, the first step. I mean, that's just that's a no brainer. I guess you could you could call it that. You want to uh, reach out any time to uh, John and his team. Really simple: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I think uh, John referred to it there. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Free website, anonymous employment law information, and in there as well is the severance pay calculator. We'll take a short break and get right back to it. Then we'll finish off our last couple of the ten commandments of termination of employment. It's on the way. Employment Law Show. John Pinkus is answering all of the questions and giving out all the good information this morning. And you want to reach out to uh, John uh, when the show's done. Easy. Yeah, partners, Sam Firu to Market LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in this country. How about that? one 821 5900 Help an Employment Lawyer. We'll wrap up the last couple of our uh, uh, termination commandments in just a sec. Want to get to uh, to Mark, though. Uh, thanks for hanging on, Mark. How are you? I'm good, guys. Thank you. How are you? Beauty. What's, uh, what's on your mind? So my daughter um, was... Um poached from a from a, another employer of hers to come to another company they uh they basically gave her a contract and uh so covid hit and unfortunately her industry was one of the hardest hit mm -hmm. 
her hours were reduced. They were giving her the wage subsidy. She was only getting 75% because the employer was actually not topping up his 25%. To make a long story short, uh, it's still extremely slow. They put her on unemployment insurance throughout the course of this year and part of last. She made them aware that earlier this year that she was still willing, able, and, and you know, wanted the hours. She wanted her full-time hours back. She was since uh, notified the company that she was pregnant. Her hours diminished even further. And unfortunately, now she's found out that when she does claim for maternity leave, her benefits have been exhausted. Wow. Wow. What a, what a terrible situation uh, to be in. I'm sorry to hear that, Mark. Um, I, I think what's what's going to be key here, uh, hopefully there were some communications um, either from the company or from your daughter um, that uh, these this reduction in hours was meant uh, to be temporary. And of course, it, to a certain extent, it has to be temporary because, you know, hopefully this this whole COVID situation is temporary. Uh, so, you know, even if you accept them on a temporary basis, which I think at this point, uh, depending how long this has been going on, uh, she'll be deemed to have accepted it on a temporary basis. You know, at a certain point, you have to say, okay, this is not what I signed up for. Um, and if she decides to um, uh, take the position that, uh, you know, that there's a misrepresentation in terms of what she was offered, uh, and now she's uh, lost her, her employment with her other company, uh, there may be a claim there for misrepresentation or even for constructive dismissal. Uh, I also would be very concerned about the changes um, that have been going on since, uh, since she was uh, pregnant. So this definitely sounds like a situation where it would be appropriate uh, to speak with an employment lawyer. But I think one of the things that she's really going to have to think about is, does she want to stay with this company? You know, does she want to tough it out? Because ultimately, that's going to change uh, the strategy. Are we pursuing severance? Are we just trying to get them to roll back the or, or, or roll up her hours? Um, so there's a lot to talk about here. Well, she, she basically, she's kind of realized now that uh, there's been other people that have gone and uh, requested their hours back, and they've been giving mm -hmm. other people some additional hours, and, and mm -hmm. she's been paying somebody now to replace her, but only on a temporary basis. So mm -hmm. she's only mm -hmm. going in a couple of times a week, you know, thinking that she was going to go on maternity, and then once her maternity leave was up, she could go back, to, to the employer, but unfortunately now she has no maternity benefits at all. So they're going to wear, they're going to exhume on, uh, I think the first uh, uh, January or February of the following year, she was going to go on maternity towards the end of December. And she just found out that she's not going to have any maternity benefits because she's now, are you, not are you, are you talking about employment insurance benefits? Well, yeah, the, which is, I guess, similar to the maternity benefit, right? Well, a maternity benefit uh, is typically a contractual benefit they have with the company. The, I, I would double check with Service Canada because they have reduced the insurable hour requirements for employment insurance. Uh, so it would be surprising to me if she didn't qualify. If she really doesn't qualify under the employment insurance uh, rules, then Unfortunately, there's nothing that can be done about that because that's just those are set by the federal government. Uh, but there's a lot to talk about here, Mark. Uh, probably not so much with respect to the employment insurance, but certainly with respect to you know what she's going to do uh, about this company and whether she's going to be coming back after her maternity leave. And she should probably give us a call and, and chat about it. I don't think she is going to be coming back because she feels that she's been 
you know, they've been underhanded with her. And uh, now mm-hmm. she's like why they've done what they've done. Yeah, so yeah, that's totally understandable. That's yeah. totally understandable. So I, I, I think she should give us a call and we should think about, uh, there may not be something we can do at this moment, but we can uh, certainly think about putting a plan in place uh, to do something to get a compensation. Mark, appreciate your time on the uh, on the show and making that phone call. Here is how you reach out further, have a uh, better conversation, longer conversation. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Move it down to uh, to Sean. Hey, Sean, how are you? Not too bad. How you doing? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, uh, so my dad was working for a company for about fifteen years, and uh, he got laid off uh, when the COVID stuff happened. And uh, basically, I had talked to him because it had been about, you know, it had been over a year. He was on unemployment, um, and they weren't calling him back for work, which they said they were. And I had spoke to him about, you know, contacting an employment lawyer. Anyway, since then, he he passed away. And um, so now, basically, we're wondering if we can still go after him for after the company for, for severance, um, if that's mm-hmm. possible. And they, they had made an offer and said my mom, like, you know, oh, you can't come after us and we'll give you a check for $2,000 and want her to sign this and that. And I said, well, don't sign anything at this moment, right? <laughs> so. so, so Sean, I can tell you that I have acted for estates before. Uh, it is possible. It can be done. Um, so, um uh, you know, I, I am sorry to hear about your father's passing, but uh, the estate, uh, your father's estate, does have rights here. Uh, and in fact, there are reported cases of, of um, estates winning wrongful dismissal awards. So th- there is some complexities to it. But in answer to your question, can we help? Absolutely, we can. $2,000, I can't imagine, is going to be adequate even for his minimum entitlements. Uh, so yeah. definitely uh, give us a call. I'm happy to speak with you. You know, you can ask for me, and, and uh, I'm happy to chat with you about this. Okay, we will do. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time on the uh, the show today. And again, here's that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. All right, last two commandments in the last uh, minute and a half of the show. Here's, uh, here's how we go. Number nine, thou shall not sign. Darn right, thou shalt not sign. Right, well, <laughs> we don't want to pri- apply this too broadly. I mean, if you're offered a 24-month severance package, well, maybe you want to sign yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That, might be, that might be a good reason to sign. Uh, and, and I have seen that, by the way, from time to time. But, no, I mean, if you sign a release and it's a bad deal, you can't take that back. You're typically giving up all your rights, uh, including sometimes uh, disability. So if you're denied disability coverage because of the timing of your termination, that can be a big problem. So you got to speak with an employment lawyer before you sign that dotted line. And last one, we know this one. We've been talking about this for 10 years. That is thou shall use the severance calculator or call ST law, right? Yeah, I guess I guess we got to update this to include the pocket employment lawyer because, of course, mm-hmm. that's a that's a great resource we're very proud of. But you, you know, both the severance pay calculator and the pocket employment lawyer, uh, they're free. They're easy to use. They take a couple minutes. They give you a range of your entitlements. They give you a idea idea of what you might be owed, and then you give us a call. We talk about it in more detail, and we talk about it, make an action plan for you to take uh, take action and get and in many cases get a better severance package. It's a great tool. It saves people tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Please go ahead and check it out. 
And that is it for another show. Reaching out uh, one more time, one 821 5900 Don't be bashful. Make that call. Get some information. Get educated. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Go there first, even before the phone call, and you want to slide an email across to John or his team at the firm. Easy. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you again on the Employment Law Show.